Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke show, frantically scurrying around here to get everything signed up before the start of the show. Wolf, what's going on over there? Uh, not a whole lot. How you doing, Luke? I'm jacked up, a little anxious today, as a matter of fact, a little furrowed brow walking around. Tis the season, though, right? Let's get into the holiday mood, shall we? Not. <laughs> Now Luka Doncic finds up a three and knocks it down right over DeAndre Ayton. And Monty Williams has seen enough. He calls timeout. This is a 14-2 Dallas run, and they lead it by 12. Honestly, we did not talk about this. Missed shots. That's about it. Depleted our energy a little bit. There was no meeting. No, there wasn't. No. Smith around the perimeter. Hardaway open again, and he makes him pay again. Aiden fell, trying to get out on the closeout. Tim Hardaway Jr.'s fifth three, and it's back to a 22-point lead. What is going on? At least DA's leg didn't go into the air when he fell that Probably time. Probably more me. I mean, you're going to have tough shooting nights, but some of the combinations I had on the floor, those guys don't have a great rhythm together. That's good coaching. Final score in Dallas. The Mavericks 130. The Suns 111. Dallas wins its first regular season game against the Suns in over three years. <laughs> I did like that bloom line right there. Dallas first win over the Suns in the regular season in over three years. I know there's a lot of people right now wondering, why are they playing this music right here? Well, uh, you know, it's interesting because this is what they were playing on the Titanic, of course. Um... Near the Oh God, I believe. Can somebody... Is this not an overreaction of some sort? <laughs> no, we're going to overreact this... later I in mean, the show. I mean, are the Suns still a good team? Yeah, they're great, as long as they don't play Dallas. <laughs> what is happening? What is... What happened last night? This is not... We're not talking about, like, the, the peak Chicago Bulls of the 90s. We're not talking about the Warriors of now, even. We're talking about a 500 basketball team that the Phoenix Suns don't look like the Phoenix Suns against. I mean, that's hard to do, is it not? It's hard to play this song on the violin, <laughs> I'm telling you, and it's hard to actually go out there and play the Dallas Mavericks and the Suns not look like themselves. And I'm not joking around here. Their last three games against Dallas. Okay? I was angry that day, my friend. <laughs> We're all angry today. It's going to be great. The last three games against Dallas, going back to Game 7, which I really thought I'd never have to talk about again. In the first half, and granted the Suns came back and won one of these games, okay? But this is last night, the opener in Game 7. They've been outscored 186 to 113 in the first half. Okay. How do you not show up for the Dallas game? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Let's just go back to what, what did you say the first game of the season? What happened? Happened in the first game of the season. So, okay, what so was it? So we've got last night. Okay. We've got the first game of the season. Okay. And we've got game seven of last year. Okay, so the last so three last, meetings with Dallas. Last night they were down twenty six points at the half. Yeah. Is that right? Uh yeah. yes. 
And the game before that, the game they won, the first game of the season, they were down 22? Is that what you're saying? And they were down, what, 30, 30 in, the, in game seven. Remember, they were down 30 at halftime. <laughs> so this is fun. Um... What is going on, honestly, right now? And I know there's a bunch of Dallas Maverick fans that are out there smirking. That's great. Your team's not talk. any good. It's like you're fine. You're slightly above average, but when you play the Suns, you're amazing. Yes. Mm. Where do you begin? Where do you begin there. on this one? This could be a first-round playoff can matchup. I, you got to figure this out. Can I just say this right now? Non-competitive. That's what it was. This this was a non-competitive game. You're talking about the best team in the Western Conference, and you're telling me it was non-competitive against a 500 team? Yeah, this felt like Game Six at American Airlines Arena, did it not? More, actually, more like Game Seven. <laughs> it yeah. did feel more like Game Seven because of how it happened in that first half. It was over. This the reason that this is a bigger deal than just hey the Suns had an off night and there's 82 games you know like what's what's ironic well, because this, it's the Dallas because it's Mavericks. Dallas yeah if they went out and lost to Orlando last night like that we'd all oh. just be like okay whatever it's a game yeah you don't want to you don't ever want to have a game like that but there's 82 you're gonna have some they keep having them against Dallas where they don't look like the same team this is uh, this is a well planned overreaction by me right here. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they gave you a lot to, to work with. They couldn't make any shots. They couldn't make shots. That felt like game seven. It did. They couldn't make any shots in the first half. They got so they got down so big from the beginning it was just ridiculous. And the Mavericks seemingly could not miss a three. And so it felt like. And one of the, by the way, this is, and this is the thing that, I'm sorry, this really bothers me. Were the Dallas Mavericks not one of the worst rebounding teams coming into this game last yeah. night? Yeah. One of the worst. Mm-hmm. They out-rebounded the Suns when it mattered. Okay, now I know they tied 41 to 41, the rebounds in the stat sheet. Anyone that watched that game, that happened in mop-up time for the most part, where the Suns came back. The the Dallas Mavericks out-rebounded the Phoenix Suns. And, um, they out everything to the they Phoenix did. Suns. You're right. But that one right there, so much of rebounding is about playing defense. So much of it, right? And not only that, putting a body on a body, being physical, so much of it is being aware. Look, everybody, it's a shot. Get him. Get get a base underneath you. Put your arms out like you're you're ready to box somebody out. We don't. Okay, this this is an overreaction. I think right you just now. fouled I, your chair. I need to call. settle down because I what no, I don't. saw last night was was disturbing. You can have you're going to have games where you can't hit a shot. You're going to lose games. We did this whole thing yesterday. What they had, the Suns had seven losses going into yesterday, and three were by one point, and two more were by two points. They were due probably to have a game where they just couldn't hit a shot. Now it was extreme last night, and you're going to lose some games. But the fact that you don't look like yourself every time you play Dallas that is a different conversation. 
I'm not, I'm not, to me, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, the Suns are in a lot of trouble. What's wrong with them? Because they lost a game last night. But I am starting to wonder if the Suns are going to be in trouble if they play Dallas in a seven-game series in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would lead you to that? Well, why would you think that, Luke? It's not the losing. It's the how it looks. And the last time I said this, Wolf, was after game seven of the second round of the playoffs okay. last year. You know what? That was sarcasm right there. Strike that from the audio file, please. Strike we, we my part of that today. right there, okay? Honestly, that that was there was no cause for that whatsoever. All of the lights just came on in the newsroom when you said it. <laughs> so maybe they were just waiting for sarcasm from from this studio. Look, it's one game. They play Dallas a couple more times. I get that they beat them the first time they played this season, but let's not forget that they looked horrible in the first half of that game. And I was of the mindset, okay, we can write that off. That you know it was the first game of the season. They came back, they won the game. They were they were down sixty two forty five at halftime of the opener, uh, and they came back and won the game. But this is now four straight games where, for a good chunk of the game, they have not looked at all like the Phoenix Suns yeah. when playing the Dallas Mavericks. Do I think Dallas is a title contender? No, I don't. They're 12 and 11 and like I I'm not going to change what I said yesterday. I think they're probably a play-in team. But a play-in team can get into the playoffs and be the 7th seed and be who you play in the first round Surely of the playoffs. Surely you just. You know what? Can I can I just say this right now? Um the next time we talk about this let me walk into the disappointments room, please. Can I honestly do that? Because I, I need to, um, I don't know, destroy something. We don't have any time to do it right now, Mel, okay? We, it's just a little tease. It. Yeah, that's right, yeah, a little tease. you got plenty like of time that. to go back that's in exactly there throughout the show. You know what, honestly, somebody give me a ball bat. Is that okay? You got a ball bat on you, Luke? I, I have a regular bat. I'm sorry, not a ball bat. <laughs> somebody give me a baseball there is bat. A, there is a baseball bat in the next um, room. You want me to go okay. get it? Okay, no, that's, that's all, right. all right. Look, everybody, it's a mannequin. Okay, next. Um. <laughs> I did not think... <laughs> He's saying this, but let's uh, let's go to the, the bright spot of the show today, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that's coming up next. They're gearing up to face the Patriots on Monday night. So how do they stack up against their Week 14 opponent that happens to be coached by Bill Belichick? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's get back on track here, Wolf. Let's uh, refocus. Suns do have Boston tomorrow, team, so they better wake up quickly. Just breathe, man. Just breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Get ready for the uh, the Boston sports fans because it's not just the Suns getting the Celtics tomorrow. It is the Cardinals getting the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. In a game, Wolf, that the Patriots desperately need. They're still in the playoff race in the AFC. They got a pretty good defense. They got a shaky offense, but they are very much in the playoff race, and they're going to need that one. They're going to be here at State Farm Stadium. I'm sure there's going to be some Patriots fans here. They tend to travel well, so this is going to be this one's going to be a little bit different on Monday night. Yeah, it's interesting to me when you talk about the New England Patriots, of course, you have to begin with Bill Belichick, their coach, um, the greatest head coach in the history of the National Football League. 
all apologies to Vince Lombardi fans that are still out there. And at the same time, I honestly believe the guy is um, a genius, a bonafide genius. Yes, I did play for him, and I am biased. There's no doubt about it. I absolutely love the guy. The guy uh, left you alone. He left you to your own devices. He really did. If you went about your business and did your job and you knew what you were doing and you were in your playbook and you watched tape and you were a professional, the guy left you alone. He really did. I I love that. You know, there are coaches that... They try to reach the player by a bunch of bull. You know, they come up, they're overtly friendly, and they try to, you know, make friends with you or whatever. Bill never cared about that. <laughs> you don't say. He never cared. And I, I use this term um, in a very affectionate kind of way, but he was a sociopath. That's what he was like to me. And I loved it. He didn't ever ask me about my wife. He never asked me about my family. How many kids do you have? He never asked me about Anything that I did personally outside of playing for the Cleveland Browns. I so appreciated that at that point in my life. Now, listen, it may have been a little bit different if I were a rookie or a young guy where you got a coach who's not talking to you at all. I could understand where that would be a little unsettling. But as a veteran, I got along with Bill just great. Loved him, as a matter of fact. And here's the whole thing about it. There are certain veterans that couldn't stand Bill Belichick. As a matter of fact, when I showed up in Cleveland in 1992, oh my goodness, the outrage. The the vast majority of veterans inside the locker room, outside of Clay Matthews and Mike Johnson, could not tolerate Bill Belichick. That, to me, told me an awful lot about the players that couldn't stand him. Because they didn't like him because he worked them too hard. Well, and you played for him when he didn't have... I mean, how many Super Bowls does he have at this point? I genuinely have lost count. Six? Yeah, seven. Six, seven? No, okay. six. Six. Yes. Uh, so... You he he didn't even have like he had credibility, but he didn't have the credibility he has now. Where I, I assume if you go to play for the Patriots and you're like, oh, I don't like his coaching style. All right, why? Yeah, right, <laughs> like he's got six rings. Yeah, so it's gonna be. Uh, this is this is why this is an odd matchup, Wolf. The Patriots have scored less than the Cardinals this year. They've scored 15 less points than the Cardinals. Yeah, but their point differential is 80 points better than the Cardinals. That's how good the Patriots' wow. defense has been this this season. Yeah, and when you think of the Patriots' defense, what do you think of the ability to get after the quarterback? Yeah, I think of Matthew Judon first and foremost, and he gets after the quarterback. Yeah, you get after the quarterback right now. They can bring it. They do. They and, and there's an excellent an excellent job of getting to the quarterback. If you watch the tape of the New England Patriots, man, they can get there with four, and they can get there with five, and they they bring five a lot. Um, they love to scheme it up, but man, they get there with four. This is going to be a huge matchup, of course, for the Arizona Cardinals, their protection schemes, their offensive line being what it is at this point in time. You've got to go out there and run the ball you have to try to run the ball against this team and the reason being is because once again um to be in third and obvious pass situations over and over and over again that's going to be trouble i think for kyla murray yeah here's bill belichick on uh, weei yesterday talking about kyla murray i haven't heard this yet 
but I'm going based off what you have always told me about playing for Bill Belichick. Isn't this probably going to be a compliment of Kyler Murray? Isn't that typically what Bill does? He compliments the opposing players. That's, yes. That tends to be his, sure. his... Okay, so I haven't heard this yet, but here we go. All right, well, as always, it comes down to discipline defense, and there's no one man that can stop um, Jackson or Josh Allen or Murray, whoever those type players are. It's, they, they can do a lot of different things. Um, so it's good team defense and uh, playing with good good awareness, good leverage, um, good discipline, and, and obviously good tackling once you get a chance to... Uh, once you get a chance to get him. You should put Kyler Murray in the same class as Josh Allen. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, that Done. is right there. Well, this is, you know, it's what Bill does. He's going to look at your roster. He's going to compliment you. There's no doubt. And honestly, from a talent perspective, there's an awful lot to compliment Kyler Murray from. Um, he's right about this. I'll guarantee you. He's walking into his defensive back room. He's walking into his linebacker room. He's walking into those rooms saying right now, Kyler Murray, you better tackle him. You better make sure that you use sound fundamentals when you tackle Kyler Murray. And if you get a shot on him, take your shot. That This is what I think Bill is telling his guys. He loves to do this, by the way. One of the things you could almost always count on uh, in a big game, somehow, some way, when you broke into your rooms, the running back room, the offensive line room, whatever it may be, whatever Bill said in the team meeting, at some point he might walk in and personalize it to your room. Just walk in, flip the light on, and say, all right, this is what we're going to do. And this is what I expect out of you. He'd come walking in as the head coach. You can imagine that this doesn't happen all the time. Very, as a matter of fact, I would say it's very rare that it happens where a head coach will walk into your room, your running back room, to make a point or watch tape with you. That typically does not happen. Bill Belichick used to do it routinely. I'm sure we're going to see Patriots uh, in season on Hard Knocks at some point, right? And then we can, we can just get all this behind the scenes access. Yeah, <laughs> he's going oh to be. The, I, I could see him fighting the HBO crew before he ever allowed that to happen. Honestly, right now it'd be a different version of Hard Knocks, I think, because of Bill. Uh, more from Belichick. This one on DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, well, Hopkins is a. Uh Tough matchup player. Um, he's long. He's got tremendous hands and catching ability. Uh, you know, right up there with the top of the guys that you know have have played or or that I've coached against. Um, so he's a he's a mismatch player and very very productive. Okay, he cannot possibly because you know him. There's no way he has this level of a tone. Like away from a microphone, right? Yeah, he can't always just be talking. Yes, like no, this. he is. This is what he does. He he sounds exactly like I, Bill. I feel like that would be more difficult than overreacting to things. Yeah, he sounds exactly like Bill right now. Can you imagine him sounding like that when he got up in front of the team? And this is before he had six rings. Think about that. All right, getting up in front of a team mm-hmm. and talking like that. Bill was way ahead of his time. And And that's how he used to talk. And it was one of the reasons why, too, certain veterans, when I came into the locker room, certain veterans uh, didn't like Bill because they wanted Bill to, you know, speak more definitively and, you know, more with with conviction. Wave your arms when you talk. Say it and be more Dan Campbell, um, which (laughs) once again. 
You know what, Luke? Those are the two ends of the coaching spectrum. As I talk to you right now, I'm kind of reliving it and vetting it and going through this and processing what happened in my life right there. Bill was, he brought me in as a guy that was going to help him build the Belichick army. The same army that existed for the New England Patriots all of those years, led by Tom Brady. Just a, a not not a guy that you were going to have to motivate. And see that that is why I have disdain even today for guys that you have to motivate. You're a grown man. I, can you imagine, Bill? Bill's got to sit there and tell you a, a story. Just would get you it. to do your job. You would just be he gone. Just would not do it. Exactly right. You'd be gone. He didn't yell. He didn't scream at you. You'd just be gone. That is to me the most impactful way you can actually have a coach go about his business if he's a head guy. So you have you have taken that stance on a lot of things over the time I've known you. How much of that is Belichick's influence, do you think, and how much of that is just you in general? I think a lot of it is Bill. Really? A lot of it is Bill, that influence, and a little time and space from him as well. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Monty, Mil- Monty Williams is taking some of the blame for what happened last night. Why? You'll find out next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to be caller number four at 602. Um, 602-260-9870. This is caller number four. If you do that, you're going to get tickets to see Metallica with Pantera at State Farm Stadium September 1st. We're doing it all week. And when you hear Wolf call out a caller number, call 602-260-9870. You all right over there? Man, I'm telling you right <laughs> now, it's, it, it's, I used to do that every day. Every day I don't for know how years. You did that. Every day, and oh my goodness, man! It, it's I'm just out of practice. I get nervous no, doing good. it. No, I'm just saying <laughs> I get nervous it was, doing it. it was like so good, I forgot the phone number. Oh, uh, my voice! It, it felt like it was going to crack. It and okay, uh, where are we going in this beautiful part? Well, of we the just program? gave away Metallica ticket. Metallica, Metallica. And Tara. man, that is honestly what a good show that is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Right? We're doing it all week, right here. So anytime you hear Wolf do the Pantera call out, he'll give you the caller number. I'll give you the phone number six zero two two six zero nine eight seven zero, and whatever caller number he says, you just get to go see Metallica and Pantera. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds Works better. Me. Yeah, it's it's I, I need to call in. Tomorrow I'm calling in. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what, honestly, you can use your contacts here at the station, I think. Did really? You, I did Metallica. You I don't know, man. Metallica. Get hooked up, Anthony. Metallica. Metallica. Oh, I'm going home, boy. <laughs> That's it right there, <laughs> Phil and Selmo. 
That's got to be the biggest band I've I have never seen a concert. Metallica. Okay. Close. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there that uh, kind of feel the same way. I was just talking to somebody the other day over at the Cardinals facility, as a matter of fact, about that very thing. I just don't feel like they tour all that often, or they yeah. do, but their tour spans the entire world, so yeah, they're not the entire, here very often. Yeah. Well, that's a, you know, Ohms, of course, the best game day producer in the National oh, yeah. Football League, of course, Jim Alejandro. He's over there. He's the biggest Metallica fan on the face. He's of the seen him. No. There's all, no way he has all over seen. the world. Yeah, okay. I'm not. I'm not on that level yet. Uh, we're going to go back to basketball here. Wolf, <laughs> back to that game last night. Monty Williams after the loss to Dallas again. You can lose to Dallas. You can lose a random game in December. It's just. It's not looking like the Suns seemingly every time they play Dallas is it's kind of unsettling. Here's Monty after the game. Probably more me. I mean, you're going to have tough shooting nights, but some of the combinations I had on the floor, those guys don't have a great rhythm together. And so you, you have to try to manufacture offense as opposed to just running offense. And so that's that's on me. I got to get the guys out there that can um, have a a bit of synergy so that they can play without thinking. You know, you throw Ish out there, that's a totally different rotation than we've ever had, right? But you're trying to do whatever you can to match up against a good opponent. Okay, so it's, it, the the starting lineup last night was Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges. I mean, that's all the same. Mm-hmm. Campaign, that has been the same for the last month because yeah. Chris Paul hasn't been out there. And Ish Wainwright. So the one guy that was different, and I get one guy can throw off everything. Uh, and that's not a knock on Ish. It's just a matter of, you know, everybody's comfort level together. But that's that was your starting lineup last night, those four-plus-ish. And I don't think that's why Devin Booker couldn't hit a shot for the first 24 minutes of the game. But it did kind of put back into perspective, Wolf, as much as I sit here and say, okay, you don't need to rush Chris Paul back and you don't need, you know, Cam Johnson, obviously not rushing him back. It would be nice to see the full lineup out there when you play Dallas. Can we just do that? Yeah, you know, can I just say this right now, Basinonians? That is great coaching by Monty Williams right there. It really is. A coach has got to be a psychologist from time to time. You've got to use psychology, sports psychology, yes, but psychology nonetheless to sometime talk to the world and talk to your team. And that's what I think he's doing right now. He's blaming himself. He's saying right now, hey, listen, guys, you know what? I, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, man, the last three times we have played the Dallas Mavericks, especially in that first half, it really hasn't gone well. The le- right, he's, he's trying to absorb a lot of the doubt that might actually be out there and put it on himself. Not the guys that were actually out in between the lines, which we all know. We can sit there and say, okay, Monty, that's nice, but you know, it happened. These guys went out and competed, and it happened. He's trying to blame himself. Well, it's, it's a smart move, though, like you're saying, because this, this doesn't have to escalate. Like, now you can look at this series between, you can just look at the, the, the matchup between the Suns and the Mavericks so many different ways. Okay, well, Dallas won the series last year in the playoffs. Okay, yeah. But he heard John Bloom uh, on the final call, and we played it in the first segment. Last night's the first time Dallas has beaten the Suns in the regular season in three years. 
So it's not like Dallas has owned the Suns. In fact, it was the complete opposite until about game six of the second round of the playoffs last year. But it has been so alarming the way the Suns have looked in game six and game seven in the first half of the season opener this year that, yes, the Suns came back and won, yeah. but they didn't look right in the first right. half. And then they looked that way for pretty much the entire game last night, too. So now you've got your last four games against Dallas, and two of them were playoff games, where you have not looked at, out of eight halves of basketball, you have not looked like yourself for seven Seven of the halves. Wow. Think about that for a minute, man. Um, you know, the Mavericks, are they inside of the heads collectively of the Phoenix Suns? That That is something you have to ask yourself right now. I, I think they are. I think they are. I mean, to your point, what you just said, but the Mavericks had a 25 to 13 lead. 25-13 to 13 in the first quarter last night. And then Monty called a timeout. Josh Green was just going off. He was killing them. Josh Green. Josh Green was killing them, right? And Monty called a timeout, 25-13. And the Mavericks scored the next eight points after that timeout. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. Bada-bing, bada-boom. And, um, man, Devin Booker, he got off to a cold, cold, ice-cold start. 0 of 7. Worst shooting I've seen from Devin Booker. Other than Game Seven against the Mavericks last year, <laughs> right? That was that was the thought. It was like, wow, this that looks like it. oh, this looks like the last time they and yeah. Luca did not get off to a cold start. No. He did not. And no. by the way, um, again, I'll ask the question: Are the Mavericks in the Suns' heads? If you had asked that question 24 hours ago, I would have said, no, look, it was a bad week in the playoffs, and I could I could write off the first half of the opener to it's the first half of the first game of the season, and the Suns came back and won that game, and that's ultimately what matters, right? Now you ask that question, and I'm not saying they are, but I'm just wondering if there's something going on here. You know, Dallas, they, they sure find a way to get open threes against the Suns. They they have found a way to do that. They are disruptive to the Suns shooters. Am I going to credit them for Devin Booker going 0 for 7 to start the game? No, he had an off-shooting night. And again, that could have happened against any team. But they play again, what, January 26th? The only reason I'm even giving this any sort of second thought, and I think you have to do it, and I think you kind of heard Monty Williams doing it right there, too. This is a team you could absolutely play in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. And if you're telling me right now, Wolf, I could pick teams in the Western Conference, and you stack them up. Dallas is probably like the 8th, ninth, 10th best team in the Western Conference. But in terms of teams I want to see the Suns play in the first round, I don't want to see them play them in the first round right now until this gets fixed. I'd rather play Golden State in the first round. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm looking at you and you're not disagreeing. As you say it because it's like, hey, stop it, Luke. But you're not You're overreacting. Yes, I am. Um, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I think we all feel it, though. Do we not? I, I think right now, I, I think it's safe to say that the Mavericks are in the heads it's of not, the Suns. It's not Dallas looking dominant. It's the Suns looking like, oh, wait, what do we do? Like, When do the Suns ever look like, wait, what do we do? Just against Dallas. There's one team in the NBA they look lost against. And it's not the best team in the NBA. It's very strange. More on this as the show unfolds. All right, all week this week, listen for the Pantera call-out again. Once you hear Wolf do the call-out, 
Call 602-260-9870 for your chance to win tickets to see Metallica with Pantera, State Farm Stadium, September 1st. We come back, the uh, the fourth quarter comebacks just keep happening for Tom Brady. Good for Tom. We'll take you through the biggest stories around the National Football League next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, I'm going to take this stand right here, Wolf. Okay. This is this is stands for the rest of the season. I refuse to be impressed by anything Tom Brady does in the NFC South this year. Okay, because I can, okay. and you will you will agree. I've been on this for the past month. This is all setting up for Tampa Bay to win this division with like nine wins, and then everybody to talk about what an amazing underdog story it was that Tom Brady came back. The Tom Brady, most accomplished quarterback in NFL history, most accomplished no. player. I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady. I'm not going to be impressed that he's going to win the NFC South this year. I'm not going to buy into the whole, wow, what an underdog story. It's not an underdog story. Everybody else in the division is going to finish with five wins. Yeah. What do you mean an underdog story, though? Because You're you talking know. about the biggest overdog in the history of mankind. <laughs> you know how Brady is. He uh, would do this on the Patriots. He would do the, well, you know, everybody doubted us when they were winning their sixth Super Bowl, and they were winning the Super Bowl every other year. Yeah, right. Um, honestly, right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I, how can you watch them play and have any regard in 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 terms of the playoffs and whether or not they're actually going to do anything in the playoffs? They get a free spot in the they're playoffs. They're going to get in. You're 6-6 you're six and six right now, and honestly, they should have lost last night's yeah. game. You probably should have lost to Atlanta one of those times, too. But yet, here you are at 6-6, six and six, and nobody in that division is going to catch them. So they're not only in the playoffs, they're going to host a playoff game. This so, may be, yeah, honestly, it may be the worst playoff team we've seen. I, I think back to Seattle. Remember the Seattle Seahawks? When yeah, they, got they, in? Didn't what they was win? That? They won, yeah, right? They did. They yeah. won the game. You're right about that, man. They actually got in once with it. It was a, was it a I losing record? I think it was record? seven and nine, if I, I remember yes, right. Yes, that's what it was. You got it. And then Marshawn ran all it. over New Orleans, there right? There is. Yeah, and right there. Was the yeah, no, it's, I, I'm just, I'm telling you right now, when we get into January and Brady and the Buccaneers, somehow upset Dallas in the first round and national media is like, oh, what a great story. Tom Brady, amazing underdog. I'm going to throw up. Yes. So just be ready for but it. But you know what? Honestly, too, don't do this, Basinonians. Don't fall into this trap right here. Um, don't call for an entire restructuring of the playoffs because you had an anomaly actually happen where suddenly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got into the playoffs when they shouldn't have because there were other teams that actually were better. I, I just don't want to hear No, that. we don't, okay, we don't need to hear that. You win your division. You win your division. You're hosting a playoff game. But just, into the I playoffs. just don't want to hear how amazing of a story it is when Brady gets to the second round because Mike McCarthy runs out the clock on himself or something in the first <laughs> round. And then in the second round, like Jalen Hurts is injured or something. And all of a sudden, Brady's in the NFC Championship. And we're talking about how yes. amazing of a story it is. When you get to start in the playoffs, it's a little bit easier. Yes. It's just a, it's a, it's so rare. It is an anomaly what is happening right now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is. It doesn't happen every year. Don't make it sound like it does. Here's Brady after the game last night. They scored twice in the final three minutes to beat New Orleans. Yeah, it was great. Uh, great route by Rashad. Great catch. Uh, Byrick made a great call. So it was. You know, we thought we threw the touchdown. I didn't see the 
the one we hit to Chris, and then uh, I thought I threw it in about a quarter of a second. I was like, how's there a hole? I told her, how's there a hole? I, threw, I caught it and threw it. And they put us back on, I think, the 15, and then still found a way. So it was a uh, you know, great team win. Yeah, good for you. Um, you could sit here and make, you could make a <laughs> you, case. You, Tom, is boring you. Is that yes, what you're I saying? Don't, it's... I could make a case for any team that's in the playoffs this year of, okay, what a compelling story. What a compelling story if Buffalo wins the Super Bowl, right? The fans have only been waiting there forever. Yes. What a compelling story if Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl. They don't have an offensive line. They almost won it last year. Joe Burrow's been amazing. The Jets, okay? Even New York fans, that would be an amazing story. They're not going to win, but it would be an amazing story. Minnesota, they never win. I don't yeah. think they're going to win, but you tell me Tom Brady is back in the Super Bowl this year and I'm not watching the game. Yes. Okay. First of all, the Jets, forget about it. Okay, no, I, I just, I, I, you, you just had to bring had them to up right there. Crazy team, really? There. You know what? I wasn't prepared for the Jets to have that kind of success. Will you just go ahead and actually, you know what? Okay, now they're going to be good. Okay, they're going to be good this year. Is that what you're saying? Okay, I totally understand that. Let me be able to absorb the fact that the New York Jets are actually going to be good. Before we actually crown them, can you imagine if they won it all? <laughs> oh, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, right, you don't have next, to worry about it. I'm getting too drawn in by your little plan and your scheme, whatever it may <laughs> I'm be. I'm just saying, of the other whatever, let's say 19 playoff contenders right now, they all have a better story than Brady winning his eighth <laughs> ring. When he, the regular season didn't even matter; he just started in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that not a just fun story. Stink. All right, uh, how about this from uh, Pro Football Talk? This is from 20 minutes ago. Okay. Don't be surprised if the Rams end up with Baker Mayfield. What? No. Sound surprised. And they yeah. specifically said, don't be surprised. You know, it was interesting because I was just having this conversation, and uh, I was having a conversation with somebody that actually is in the National Football League, and uh, that person told me that there is no way in the world, there's no way in the world anybody from the NFC West is going to go ahead and pick up Baker Mayfield. It's not going to happen. Well. It hasn't and happened yet. The, it hasn't happened no. yet. Okay, yeah, but what you're 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 saying that it might. I'm saying Pro Football Talk is saying don't be surprised if the Rams end up with Baker Mayfield. Don't be surprised if the Rams. That sounds like somebody's got some pretty good sounds information, like right? There's some inside information. Um, Baker Mayfield's tape, I, I guess, is really really bad. Now I haven't watched a lot of Baker Mayfield. I'm telling you, it's bad. Okay, no, okay, watching it. But you know, look, everybody. Buddy, there was Baker Mayfield this year, of course, when the Cardinals played, and and he was bad. <laughs> he was pretty bad right there. Didn't get better, and it didn't get better. And um, apparently, he has struggled mightily this year. Which you have to ask the question: Why is that? What happened to Baker Mayfield in two years? Did his confidence get ruined after the Cleveland Browns? That's did part what of they it. did. It had to be. It has to be because last year you. Okay, so two seasons ago. Two gets, seasons ago. Gets the Browns to the playoffs. They beat the Steelers handily and they almost beat the Chiefs. This is in the playoffs. In Arrowhead. Yes. So then last year. He was like, he was the, he's exhibit A for why sometimes I guess playing hurt isn't the best thing because he was horrible, but he was playing very hurt. Yes. And you could write that off. Okay, that's last season. He was hurt. It, it was affecting him. Fine. Right. Maybe he shouldn't have been out there. But yeah, you're right. This year, it's got to be a confidence thing what from is, last year. What is going on, man? Honestly, he, his confidence, Baker Mayfield, something that everyone talked about when he came out of Oklahoma. That's all they wanted to talk about was the stuff that was dripping out of the side of his neck. 
how much swag Baker Mayfield had, right? Apparently, that is not the case. And it just, it's a great example to any of the young crunks that are out there right now and you're listening. It's a great example of what confidence does. I say it all the time. Confidence is the currency of competition. It is. You buy and sell performances based on your confidence. Baker Mayfield is exhibit Z. Yeah, because you're talking about a guy who was the number one overall pick the year before Kyler Murray. Right. Okay. Yep. So, so as, as frustrated as people may be with the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is is you know there's no question that he's going to like drop out of the league next year. Baker Mayfield, this might be his last stop. Whoever picks him up, right? I mean, I, I would assume. Let's just play this out. Let's say the Rams pick him up, and then so then San Francisco can't pick him up. I, I, he's not going to turn the Rams season around. So maybe next year he gets a shot somewhere as a backup. But it's it can drop off quickly when you're talking about playing in the NFL, certainly and specifically at the quarterback position. It's not like anybody's going to look and say, "Oh, he was the number one pick just you know a couple of years ago. We got to give him another shot." No, they don't. He's running out of time, and and it, it's to the point of what you're saying. If it's just a confidence thing, that's amazing what that is doing to completely drop off from yes. taking the Browns to the second round of the playoffs to not even two full years later, you might be out of the league if you're not careful. There's, you know, there, there's one thing um, that Baker Mayfield, I'm sure, has always been, and that is confident. And when that is taken from you, man, I'm telling you, it is like a frying pan to the face. Yet that is the only explanation for what is going on with Baker Mayfield, Luke. The only explanation. Here's Kyle Shanahan yesterday. It would make sense, or at least seem on the surface to make sense, that he would end up on the Niners. Here's Shanahan. Do you guys have uh, any interest in pursuing Baker Mayfield on the waiver wire? Um, I mean, we look into everything, but um, that would, I mean, that surprised me right now, and we got to discuss more this afternoon and stuff. But, um, you know, I've always been a fan of his, but feel real good about our players, and we'll look into everything, but I feel pretty good with where we're at right now. <laughs> feel pretty good yeah, yeah. We'll just stick with uh, Brock Purdy that's we're all right. good. hey Brock local product we're all rooting for you we but, are man Brock Purdy third string quarterback yeah we're good right where we are right now Kyle Shanahan 262nd pick and San Francisco's already good with him over the first there pick in go. the 20 what 18 draft uh, we come back Jay Williams of Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN is going to try and talk some sense to us about whatever happened to the Suns in Dallas last night he will join us next it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports the local sports leader